welcome to Central Baptist Church. If you would, please take your hymn book out and turn to hymn number 129. Hymn number 129, please stand and join the choir in singing Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteousness inside the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on. Back to hymn number 429. Hymn number 429. Let's sing out of the first and last verses. Onward, Christian soldiers. Onward, Christian soldiers. Marching as With the cross
long ago God gave freedom when the blood of his son fell from the cross his grace broke the chains that had bound us as Christ was slain and paid sin's awful cause Never was the call of love so clearly spoken. Oh, how precious is his body that was broken. And we
Amen. The purchase price of freedom has always been blood in our country, but also for freedom from our sins. Let's stand, please, and shake hands with those around you. Let them know you're glad to see them here in the Lord's house.
right, if you are visiting with us here at Central Baptist Church this morning for the first time, I'd like to get you to raise your hand nice and high. Any first-time visitors? All right. So good to see each of you this morning. Good to be in the Lord's house. I do have several announcements for us this morning. Vacation Bible School will be June 26th, 27th, and 28th. Um, that is the last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of June. So let's please mark our calendars for that. Teachers, workers, bus workers, uh, let's all be in our places for that, please. And then senior breakfast was going to be on Thursday, this coming Thursday at 8.15 at Eagle Lake Diner. And then June 11th is going to be when we will have our promotion day and recognize our graduates. We have several in here this morning. Uh, congratulations to you already. Uh, but we will recognize all of you that day. And that's where we're going to ask the, the graduates to come up and tell us where they went to school and what their plans are. And I think each of them are going to speak for about 10 minutes each. They're squirming in their seats right now. Now they can fill that 10 minutes up and then add 10 more to it. These are very intelligent young people. We're very proud of them. So good to see you this morning. Please stand. Turn your hymn book to hymn number 131. Hymn number 131. Before we sing the Star Spangled Banner, we're going to say the pledges. I'm going to ask Brother Tony if he would hold his Bible up so we can do our pledge to the Bible. Christian flag. American flag, and then we'll sing. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. To the Christian flag. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior whose kingdom it stands. One Savior crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. And now to the American flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Brother Bill, Bill Rouse, he's, uh, he's home again, but uh, still having a lot of difficulty, so remember him, and also Brother King, um, pray for Janice, she's not feeling well this morning, not able to be with us, um, I, I usually, in Sunday school, we do this, and so I don't always do it out here, but if you have an unspoken request this morning, raise your hand. A lot of folks are out sick, as you can tell, but looking at the empty seats this morning. And uh, so we pray for their recovery. Let's bow our heads now and look to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings on the offering and on these prayer requests. 
Brother Bucket, would you lead us in prayer? Amen. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife, I thank my God above to be living here today, cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. 
always want to stand when they're when I'm hearing that song, but nobody else did, so I said they better stay seated, I guess. On this Memorial Day uh, weekend, we recognize and honor those that have given their lives in defense of our country and our freedom and the principles on which this country was founded. Um, I'm going to ask you if you've had someone that that has been killed in service and defense of our country. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. Everyone, that, someone in your family. Charlotte over here, who, who have you had? All right, thank you. Amen. Okay, thank you. Mike? See, I had a cousin that was killed in the Korean War. So we want to, um, we want to honor those that members of our families that have given their lives for in defense of our country. So uh, I don't know what better way to do it than just give a big hand to those. That... <laughs> Open your Bibles now to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua about chapter 4. And let's begin reading in verse 4. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The Bible, Bible has a lot to say about memorials, about remembering, forget-not things. Uh, memorials were a very uh, vital part of God's instruction to the people of Israel uh, throughout the scriptures. God, again and again, God said, uh, remember what I've done for you. Remember the blessings of God. Remember the, the special events that took place uh, when I proved and showed my power. And when I delivered you as a nation and as a people. And Memorial, Memorial Day for us is a time when we remember our men and women who have given their lives in defense of our uh, freedoms, our country, our families, and also the principles upon which this country was founded. We're not to forget certain things. God told his people, don't forget that I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And he gave them the Passover. And he said the, the Passover would be a time when they would remember that God had brought them out of slavery, out of the land of Egypt. And, he, and it was to be an everlasting memorial to the fact that God had delivered his people. Don't forget the blood that was placed on the doorpost, the blood of the lamb that protected your child. So God, again and again, God said, remember, don't forget. And in this passage that we just read, God is saying, make a memorial, a monument, that, so that every time the children would see that, that monument, the parents would teach the children that God had brought us out of the land of land of Egypt and brought us into the land of promise by driving up the drying up the rivers of Jordan. 
And by a miracle, God gave us this land. And God has given us a land. I believe that there's, there is no way that any honest person can, can not realize and, and, uh, and, and admit the fact that this country was founded upon Christian principles. The people who came here, they came here in order to establish a society, a country, where they could worship the true and living God. And we must never forget that. So we, so this is why we take, we take a time to, uh, to remember the servicemen and women and cherish tenderly the memories of our uh, heroic dead who made their breast a barricade between our country and its foes. Remember that freedom is never free. I'm thinking right now about those, our ancestors and our forefathers who came from Europe. They came from North America, uh, or to North America, not looking for gold, but they came to North America looking for God. And they came to find a land where they could worship God according to the dictates of their heart. And it, this, this is why the God-haters, the Christ-haters, are trying to get rid of our memorials, our monuments that proclaim our Christian heritage. The ungodly New York Times has caused a, a uh, uh, committee of people to, uh, to try to rewrite history and trying to claim that, that it was not the people who came over on the Mayflower but it was a, a, a load of slaves that actually were the first people here and that they were the ones that should be credited with founding this country. And this, this uh, you, you hear the term critical race theory. That's what it's all about. They're trying to get this into our schools already in the state of New York and, and uh, in other places, the other states are trying to, to establish this theory, this uh, teaching that, that it was not the way that we've always been taught, but it was actually uh, through, through uh, slavery and through uh, uh, other, other means that, that our country was settled. But we know better than that. We know the true history of the founding of our country. God took a little ragtag continental army and he took that little group of men and women and defeated what at that time was the most powerful military force on the face of the earth. And the independence of our country was won because of the blood that was shed by men and women who were willing to die that we might be free. And through all the wars, through all the experiences of America, God has raised up those who've been willing to give their lives for freedom. And we need to remember that. Memorial Day ought to be a very a sacred day to us here in America. We need to remember the men and women who have safeguarded us through these years. And God bless you who stood a while ago and, and gave testimony of people in your family, people related to you who have given their very lives that we might enjoy the freedoms we have today. And then second, we need to remember the saints who served before us, those who made, who made our church, I'm talking about our church, this church, the lighthouse that it is for Jesus Christ today. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7 says, the memory of the just is blessed. And we should never forget those who have blessed our lives spiritually, those who have served before us so that you and I have the privilege of serving God in this place today. I want to I want to encourage you today to think of think of people who have blessed your life. Think of think of uh, at least uh, three people who've been a blessing to you who are in heaven today. And I know there there are many more, but but uh, at least at least think of that many. Don't forget the saints who have served before us. 
And there's so many, there's not time to mention all of them. But I want you to remember those who were special to you who are in heaven today. And maybe sometime during this weekend, take some time out and thank God. Uh, breathe a prayer of gratitude that they were there serving faithfully, pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then third, remember the salvation that secures us. We, meet, we need to remember that in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, God said, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And he was speaking there about the Passover, the feast of the Passover. The Passover symbolizes salvation. The people of God were in Egypt, and God was ready to deliver them. And God said, This night, the death angel shall pass throughout the land. And it would come to pass that the very firstborn, the firstborn of every household, would be destroyed by the death angel, except in the homes where they've taken a lamb and sacrificed a perfect lamb. They've taken the blood of the perfect lamb without blemish. And they put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel of the home. And the Bible says when the death angel passes over, when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. And your firstborn son will be saved. And then I'll bring you out of the land of bondage. I'll make you a free people. That symbolizes our salvation. It symbolizes the day when we recognize that Jesus died for us and shed his blood. And only through the blood of Christ can we be spared the death angel that will someday pass throughout this land. And those who have not had the blood applied upon the doorposts of their hearts are going to be spiritually dead forever in a place called hell. So God says, remember the day when you realize the blood of Jesus is your salvation. And by faith, you trusted what Christ did for you and you received him into your heart. You repented of your sins, and you were born again by the Spirit of God. Every Christian ought to remember their salvation experience. Uh, when salvation became real, when you personally invited Jesus into your heart. And in your mind's eye, you need to be able to go back to that day, back to that place, back to that time, and say that, that was the place, that was the time. I remember the experience. Can you remember when it was? Can you remember the place where it took place? I remember where I was. I remember the circumstances when I invited Jesus into my heart. There was an old church building sitting on the corner of this property, sitting kind of catty-cornered here. Back in 1958, on a Sunday morning, the invitation was given. I was under conviction. I'd been under conviction for several days, didn't know what it was. But because of the testimony of, of the girl that became my wife and several other things that had taken place uh, just previous to that, I... Now, really, I was a church member. I had been a church member since I was 13 years old. I, if someone asked me if I was a Christian, I would say yes. But I had come to realize that I had never been born again. I had joined the church, but I had never been born again. I had got baptized, but I had never been born again. They had put my name on the church roll, but I had never been born again. And I remember that Sunday morning, I remember very vividly getting up out of my seat when the invitation was given and going forward, taking the preacher's hand. And one of the church members came then and, and uh, went through the plan of salvation with me. And I accepted Christ. And, and they had me to stand before the congregation and people came by and, and uh, congratulated me on being saved and, and uh, saying that they would pray for me and that, that uh, they pray that God would use me in a great and, and mighty way. I remember that. Do you? Do you remember your day of salvation? 
You remember where you were? You remember, you remember that experience? Who was the one responsible for leading you to the Lord? Might have been the pastor. Might have been a pastor in the church. It might have been a Sunday school teacher. Uh, might have been a deacon. It might have been a, uh, a mom or a dad or a grandparent. But can you remember? <clears throat> can you remember <clears throat> that time? You ought to be able to remember that salvation experience. I know that many of you are saved when you were children. And it might not be as vivid to you because uh, of being a child. It might not be as, as vivid. But, but you should at least remember the occasion when you called upon the Lord and asked him to save your soul, no matter how old or how young you were. You don't get saved accidentally. You don't get saved because your mom and daddy are. You get saved because you personally call upon the Lord Jesus and ask him to save your soul. Sometime this week, I encourage you to get along with God and think about that time and think about the place and the individual who was instrumental in bringing you to saving faith in Jesus Christ. You remember, need to remember the salvation that secures you. And then remember the supporters who have sustained you. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 12 and 13, the Bible describes a battle that took place at Rephidim when Israel was bat uh, battling the Amalekites. They were fighting in the valley. Uh, Joshua was the military leader. He was leading the soldiers. Moses was standing up on the mountain looking over the valley. And he was praying, he was interceding to God. And I have a picture when I read it of Moses with his hands outstretched, praying that God would give the victory. But soon the arms of Moses grew tired, and he had to lower his arms. And when he would lower his arms, Israel would lose the battle. But when he would raise his arms, Israel would prevail. Until the Bible says that Aaron and Hur got an idea. They said, Moses, you, you stand on the rock and you lift your hands in prayer and Aaron will get on one side and her on the other side. And when your arms grow tired, we will hold you up. We will hold up your arms. And when the arms of Moses were raised, the Bible says that Israel prevailed and won a mighty victory in the Valley of Rephidim. And that's an illustration to me, of our church, as I think about our church, and I think about when I stand on the rock, when I intercede before God, no man can do it alone. There's no one person, not the pastor, not the associate pastor, not the youth director, not the bus director, not the senior director, not, not the choir members. Uh, all of us have to work together. I thank God for those who have held up my arms over the years and help, helped us to gain great victories in the Lord. And I want to thank God today as I remember remember the deacons and the Sunday school teachers and the ushers and uh, the, those that bring the special music, bus workers, choir, all of you come, every, every person, every lame person, all of those that, that have a part in our ministry here, I thank God for you today. We could not have done what has been done here over the years without you. And I thank God we need to remember those that, that have uh, served the Lord, those that have given their all in serving the Lord. Thank God for you. I want to thank God for all the staff members that I've had through the years who've held up my arms. No preacher, no pastor can do it without an Aaron and a her to hold up his arms. And I... I stand on the rock, and that rock is the rock that Jesus mentioned when he said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I believe today as I stand on the rock, as the people of God support, as the prayer warriors pray, and, and the, uh, the men of God hold up my arms, I believe that the days to come will, be, will bring even greater 
blessings than we've experienced in the past. We're engaged in a spiritual war. And it can only be won through intercession, prayer, and through the mighty moving of God. And we must stand together on the rock. And we must have those who are supporters who sustain us. And then, last of all, we need to remember the Savior who suffered for us. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23, the Bible says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and, and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We have here in front of the pulpit, there's a table there. It's called the communion table. And you might have noticed that on front, the front of that, engraved on the front of that table are the words this do in remembrance of me every time that we partake of the Lord's Supper we're remembering the, the death and the, the, the uh, death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're also thinking, thinking about the time when he would come again and receive us unto himself it is a time to, a time to remember Paul said to the church at Corinth he said Christ said, I want to give you something before I go back to heaven for you to do over and over again that you might remember the blood that I shed and the sacrifice that I made on Calvary, that you might remember vividly, that you might never forget why you have salvation and how you have eternal life and why heaven is going to be your home. In Bible college, I was taught that the two ordinances of the church, which is baptism and Lord's Supper, that both of those are given the message of the gospel in picture. In, uh, in baptism, you're picturing death, burial, and resurrection. That's why it has to be immersion and not sprinkling. Sprinkling does not picture death and burial and resurrection. So you're in baptism, you're preaching the gospel. The Lord's Supper, you're, you're uh, picturing the broken body in the bread, the broken bread. You're picturing the broken body of Jesus and in the grape juice, the fruit of the vine. And it is grape juice, by the way. Wine could never be a true picture of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus because wine is fermented it, and fermentation is a picture of sin. Uh, I would never put to my lips something that that was tainted, something that was, was fermented, something that that does not picture the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in that, in that, when we're partaking the Lord's Supper, we're picturing the gospel. We're picturing the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord. You and I were falling hopelessly into the pit of hell. But then the Lamb came, the Lamb of God, took our judgment, took our punishment, stood between hell for us. And if you have never received him as your Savior this morning, I want to encourage you to do that before you leave this place today. This day can be the greatest day for you of all days because the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And right now, I'm going to invite you to do what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. This can, this can be the greatest day in your life, the day of your spiritual life that will last forever and forever. So this morning, before this service is over, when the invitation is given, I want to invite you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. 
pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. I know that I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I know that you died for me. You paid the ransom for my soul. And Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I trust you now and forever. Amen. Would you stand please with your heads bowed? If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to come. I invite you to come this morning. If you did not, I still invite you to come if you've never been saved. And let the Lord Jesus Christ save your soul. If you're a Christian, you need to rededicate your life. We invite you to come. Whatever the need is, we invite you to come this morning and let us help you to have that need met. Heavenly Father, bless the invitation time. Speak to every heart, to every need. I know that in a crowd like this, there are all kinds of different needs, things that um, even Christians need. So I pray that you'll help them to come, help them before they leave this place, have those needs met. And Lord, for that one or more that is here today without Christ, I pray that you'll help them to come and be saved before they leave. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.